You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a women's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week, I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual lightworkers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Thanks for listening. Hi, Naima. How are you? Hey, Chelsea. I'm doing well. A little bit with a throat cold going on, but I'm really excited to be talking to you. Ooh, me too. Yeah, especially after our first conversation, we got so deep into the feminine energy, which is my favorite topic. <laughs> and I was like, man, we should do a podcast on this. This is so amazing. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to this. I love how our ideas just flowed. And then you're like, let's just do a podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love it. So um, yeah, I would love to hear, I think we should start off with your, um, your journey through for your awakening. Like, I'm really curious about um, what that looked like for you. If there was like a specific moment, or if it was a period of time over a couple of years, like what that really looked like for you, because I know that that's a pivotal moment in a lot of people's lives that just takes them on a totally different directory. Uh, and especially for me, like my trajectory totally changed after I had one incident. So I'm curious about your journey through that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so well, maybe I can give a bit of kind of context and then and then get to kind of the awakening moments. But so I grew up um, in, a, in a family with like quite ambitious parents who were always working full time, um, traveling a lot for work and super supportive and very loving, but also really valuing like productivity, right? So being bored was just like never an option. Um, and so this kind of carried with me during my high school years, my first professional years. And, um, you know, just this sense of I have to keep achieving, I have to get my next degree, I have to get to the next job. Um, and, you know, I, I really enjoyed a lot of the work. I was in, you know, international sustainable development work and definitely felt like was was able to contribute in some way, but I did feel like something was missing. Um, you know, I was feeling often very lonely, ungrounded. I was moving around a lot, you know, kind of missing community and connection. Um, and yeah, so something just kind of felt off. Um, and then um, after, this was after a um, six months, working with the GIZ, which is like the German Development Agency in, in Dhaka and Bangladesh. Um, I was sharing with my mom how, you know, I had loved my work there working on energy access in rural areas, but what I really missed was dancing um, because, you know, it was, it's a Muslim country and just dancing and especially salsa dancing was just not a part of my life there. And it had been a really big part of my life um, before I had, I was born in Guatemala and, you know, I was doing a lot of salsa dancing at university and, and it, it was, you know, a way for me to express myself and kind of feel free. And I hadn't realized how important that was until living in Bangladesh for six months without dancing. And so, you know, as I mentioned this to her and was thinking about what's the next thing, they offered me a job there. And I said, I can't, I can't, I, I need to be in a place where I can dance. And so actually it was my mother who suggested, you know, why don't you shift your priorities 
um, you know, for a while and focus on dancing on, on that passion of yours. And I just, in that moment, I just bawled into tears. I was just crying and crying. And it was like part of my soul, like suddenly felt like it was being listened and given the space to, to breathe and, and to speak. And so that's what I did. And it was, it was quite crazy. I started contacting different, um, dance companies around the world and, and trying out different places. I ended up um, in, in Spain, in actually quite a small town, um, very random. Um, and I stayed there for, for seven months and, and was able to, to explore that passion of mine. And through kind of continued um, dancing, really exploring myself and my body and my movements and the hips and the shoulder rolls. And I, th- I mean, now that I reflect on it, I realized I was exploring kind of me and my feminine, um, but it was much deeper than that because it led me also to learning um, about, uh, I went to Cuba to learn about conga and like the origins of salsa dancing and how actually a lot of the songs are tributes to the gods, um, especially like the Yoruba who came over from Africa. And um, and yeah, then began learning more about med- meditation and leading mindfulness courses. I started exploring plant medicine, um, taking kind of tantric courses. And um, so the journey continued through the, through, through the years, but I definitely think that was a, a one big uh, turning point uh, after, after Bangladesh. Wow, that's so awesome. That's so interesting. And it's similar. I mean, they say that in paradox – um, you like in, in the duality of a paradox when you, you, you can kind of understand oneness. And for me, dance was my way of stepping into my feminine. I was working in a corporate job and I was so in my masculine nature. And similarly to you, when I found dance, it immediately put me into my feminine energy and I was able to, um, like my awakening was almost enhanced through dance because it was like this duality of the masculine mm-hmm. and the feminine energy coming into oneness. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so powerful. This is so life changing and ecstatic dance is one of the best things that yeah. I found for connecting to my intuition, like connecting to my body. It is so amazing. I'm super fan of ecstatic dance. Oh, yes. Yes, it's so great. It's so healing. It's such mm-hmm. a journey too. It's like bringing in all these emotions and releasing emotions all at the same time. It's like this emotional, um, expressive yeah, journey. Absolutely. And you know, for and for some people, I don't know about you, but the first time I did it, it was it was very mm-hmm. freeing, and it's also like slightly <laughs> uncomfortable, especially when you're not used to doing it. So it's almost like, are people looking at me? Like, what do I do here? And then slowly, mm-hmm. I got more comfortable with my body, and I was more comfortable with expressing, and it translated into all areas mm-hmm. of my life. It was like, oh my gosh! I don't know if you've experienced if you experienced that too when you were dancing or first learning to. Well, first, I love that. Like for both of us, dancing was like a big part of our awakening moment. That's amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, well, when I yeah first ex- I found ecstatic dances actually through my sister, and I literally feel like I had a full body orgasm <laughs> when. And it was also like a pretty particularly special one. It was actually in London, in Vauxhall, in this amazing church that has this like amazing sound. And there was like live um, 
Brazilian drummers, like six of them with like this percussion. And it was just unbelievable. Um, and yeah, like you said, like you feel it through your wow. whole body and, and, and how, what you learn there and like what your body is able to kind of release, how that can, as you say, also manifest and teach you in other parts of your life, whether it's at work or your relationships, how to listen more, how to trust your intuition, how to, how to let go. So it's such, it's such a beautiful lesson dancing. Mm, yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And for me, getting in touch with intuition is probably one of the most valuable things I was doing because I don't know about you, but before I was working, um, I was working in a corporate job and I wasn't super, um, I would say I, I, it wasn't my dream job, right? Like I, I loved, I loved what I was doing, but not necessarily aligned with my mm. true purpose. And I really felt mm. that. And um, it, it was partly I was doing it because, you know, I was getting paid really well. And everybody around me, I was just very successful people. I was surrounded by smart people. But everyone was telling me like, oh, man, you have such a good job. So in my mind, I was successful. Mm. Like I had made it. But my soul was like, this isn't what you want to do. So I had this like battle in my head. And so like finding dance, actually, at, right after I found ecstatic dance, I about a month later, I ended up leaving my job and switching into coaching, into my passion. And I really think that they were connected because it brought out this intuitive voice that was screaming at me to say, you need to do what you love to do. Wow. And I really think that that tool wow. was dance to get me to do it. Wow, that's powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think dancing is so powerful. I think it's the most underestimated thing that we can do. It's like the flow and like, the 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 life force energy that just comes from that really allows us to speak to our soul on a deeper level that's not just mental it's like out of Absolutely. the mind and actually something i've also really been exploring more and more is is like the potential for healing through dance and especially through like drumming and and just percussion in general because if you think about it like what is the first sound that you hear as a human being Hmm. Well, like right in the hospital. Well, okay, I guess like before you were born, right? Is, is in the womb is like your mother's heartbeat, right? Ah. Yes. And ah, like if you yes. think about it, like we're all um we're all rhythm, like our heartbeat, our blood circulation, um, the the cycles around us in nature, everything is a cycle and, and it has rhythm and it's pulsing, and it's like we've almost disconnected from that and we've forgotten. And we are this part of this pulsating um, rhythmic nature um, system, right? And um, and so I feel like drumming is, uh, I mean, they've shown these studies that it can increase your alpha waves. And I'm not an expert in, on all those terminologies, but, but, you know, drumming in a circle, like you're connected with yourself, you're connected with the others, you're connected with the ground, just listening to it, like your body automatically is, is, syncing up with this like very ancient deep kind of grounding rhythm and like I just feel it in my body when I'm like hearing drums and it's just this it's just this very very powerful feeling and I I'm like a secret dream of mine is to start like a global drum beat revolution movement coming in schools and in like the corporate world because imagine you can learn so much from each other just by like oh okay I'm gonna listen now a little I'm not gonna be like overruling and playing louder and I don't know I feel like there's so much 
so anyway, that's that's a random side note. That's amazing. I, I love that. I love the idea of like a, a global drum movement, mm. like a drum beat. I think that's beautiful. And I resonate with that so much, like drum beats. Whenever I hear drums, I just get very yeah. primal and I just start dancing in a totally different way. And you could feel it in your heart and your heart starts sinking to the drum and you're like, man, this is awesome. And you start stomping your feet. Like I feel that whole thing in my body, <laughs> even now as I'm saying, and I'm like, yeah. man, <laughs> it just raises my vibrational energy. Like I want to like, <laughs> I want to like drum with it and sway with it. For I really sure, like that. yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Makes me right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And now you're you ended up um, kind of shaping your life around this idea of the feminine energy. So have you always been? What was your kind of what was your kind of journey with your feminine masculine balance? And what was your why were you so interested in specifically like feminism slash just the feminine yeah. energy? Um, so I think um, it's, it's been a lot about just trying to find balance. And um, like, as I mentioned before, I was working in, in mostly the international sustainable development world. Um, and, but then by beginning to kind of explore my spirituality a bit and, and just learning with kind of spiritual teachers and going to meditation retreats like Plum Village. I don't know if you've heard of Plum Village, but they're amazing under the um, teachings of Zen, Zen Master Thich Nhat Hanh, who's basically all about like mindfulness in everyday life. Like it doesn't you don't have to be sitting um, cross legged to to be mindful and to bring that into your life. You can be mindful um, while you're brushing your teeth, while you're walking to work, while you're at a stoplight, you know, it's just like stopping, breathing while you're eating. You know, they eat often in silence uh, or at least one meal a day in silence to really connect with that. And that's like that silence and that just being, which for me is connected to that doing and being and that masculine and feminine. And we need both. But how do we find that balance? Um, and uh and so actually, I'm just remembering a time in, in New Zealand when um, I was there for an exchange kind of after I graduated university, everyone was applying to jobs and trying to get high paying jobs. And I just couldn't, I, I started out as I just can't, that's not where I feel like I want to be going right now. Um, and so I decided to go basically work in a community garden um, in exchange for food and, and accommodation for a month and a half in like a quite hippie town and just learning so much there about um, kind of post-capitalist It's amazing. They, you know, exchange, they do a lot of exchanging of services. So somebody will, you know, give a massage in exchange for some potatoes or, you know, mow the lawn in exchange for sugar, whatever. And there's like, we we're helping with the food cooperative and anyway, one of the events, we went to like a, a music festival there and it was like a all night festival. And I went with four girls and we, you know, we were all excited. We're like, we're going to go dance. And really it was out in the beautiful forest with a huge bonfire. And the only music that they played the entire night was Psytrance. And don't get me wrong, like I'm very open mm -hmm. to all kinds of music and I love electronic and I've been to, you know, many electronic music festivals, but um, it was like all these young DJs and they were just like this pulsing like duh, duh, and it just feels so penetrating and like just so 
no room for flow, for movement, for hips. We didn't dance the entire night. Mm -hmm. It was just like, how is this possible? And for some reason, this like then resonated with me of like, you know, how this manifests at a global level of like this masculine like penetration. And I'm not, we need masculine, we need penetration. Otherwise we wouldn't exist as a species. Um, Like how do you find space for both? Right. And so after that night, I kind of came out and I will admit I wasn't the most sober. I was definitely having some, um, you know, altered states of consciousness. But that morning, the dawn came, the sun came out and I just like was looking at the sky, at the, at the, the clouds and this like message just kind of popped into my head of like, restore the feminine spirit. Like, yes, you're on the right path. Like, Oh, I just got chills. It was so powerful. And like, I just kind of was bathing there in this like sunlight, uh, raising sun. And I went to sit by a stream and like just was in the water. And I don't know. And that was like a real big shift for me. And when I then kind of came back, it was this realization of like, I need to incorporate this into my life and my work and my career. And so that's what what I then began to do. So for example, um, I had been uh, certified as a coach, a transformational coaching with a program in London and, and started doing kind of one-on-one coaching um, for about uh, a year and um, had started noticing, um, you know, at the beginning, I mean, you've done coaching, so you probably know at the beginning, you kind of just take whatever client comes your way. Um, but I began to notice there was certain clients or around certain topics where I really began to feel alive and where I noticed the client was really feeling alive. And as I began to bring this kind of intention back with me and not necessarily through my words in coaching, but I often do this like practice before I do a coaching session where I just kind of sit and kind of allow, kind of like open my crown energy center and let universal energy come through me kind of flow through me and like with this intention of like I just really want to be a service like a channel and like to serve you know this person in front of me um because I guess I have this belief that if people are happy and you know have their basic needs met and are able to thrive that that will um turn to being able to sort support our planet and I guess that's for me like my deepest mission is like how can we reconnect with like nature and protect this beautiful earth planet garden that that we have and that we haven't been appreciating and um so anyway so through this coaching practice I just began to notice especially with women also with some men but um that questions around you know um relationships or being at work um noticing these patterns of this constant doing and achieving and, um, you know, mm-hmm. I have to always yeah. be focused and I have to always be perfect and, you know, no room for emotion and, oh, no, I can't ever cry at work because that would look horrible. And, you know, and it's just like, whoa, 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 what's happening here? Why is this the case? And then beginning to question and asking, you know, like questions that helping clients reflect and then realizing, oh, wait, maybe there's something missing here has has been really, really um yeah, I think nourishing for both 
my clients and I. And so that's, that's kind of been, um, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And you totally just said something true. That's rings so true. It, It feels like there's a cultural, um, it's almost like people are scared of their own emotion and then also scared to talk about those emotions. Like men absolutely do not show emotion, even if they feel them. Right. And they don't discuss them with anybody. So it's like, there's so many people going out there just depressed. They're not expressing anything. They're holding it all inside. And then women are also doing that too, right? Like they have to compete for jobs. They have to, they want to be equal to men. Therefore that means they have to work harder and do all these things and they and the roles are even switched where women are are are, are really starting to embody more of the masculine characteristics and I'll, and we should always feel balanced right within each of us like we should have a a very strong sense of the feminine and masculine but the feminine energy i feel has been so repressed throughout culture that everybody is developing this masculine and then because you know, when you get in a relationship, you kind of want to balance the other person out. Some of the men end up taking that feminine role. And then there's just confusion about who's doing what. And, 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 and women, women actually feel the most natural when they are in their feminine energy and men when they are in their masculine. But culture has kind of shaped it in a way where people don't even feel safe being in the feminine energy. There's not a safe space for it. So it's actually creating this huge cultural, um, this deficiency almost of that emotion. And and, and like also when you say masculinity, like I feel like there's like, you know, what you could say is like the divine or like, I don't know. Yeah. Masculinity or like a toxic masculinity. And I think people are confused, you know, it's like almost, I have to be such a strong man or like, um, I mean, actually, I think because I, I just went to an event recently and I was trying to talk about this topic, I think it would be helpful for listeners to maybe break down what you and I mean when we're talking about masculine and feminine energy or spirit. Um, you want to take a quick stab yeah, at that yeah. and then I can as well. For sure. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. It's a really good idea to really understand the two energies within us. And for me, and, and I think for a lot of people, the feminine energy is point A is at the beginning, point B is at the end. And the way that you get that to get to point B mm-hmm. is very flowy, very intuitive, very emotional. And then along the way, maybe you meet people, you pick up all these things and your point B is just infinite. So it's this infinite energy. It's very open. It's receptive. Almost thinking of it like, mm-hmm. like water flowing through a river bank, like the feminine essence is that water it's like the essence of what it is and then the masculine energy is that bank holding that that um that water and channeling it in a certain direction and without that channel the water would just spill everywhere it would Mm. almost be like an explosion which can be very destructive and that masculine energy is kind of like the bank giving it structure keeping it limited keeping it channeled and focused and the masculine energy is very efficient very direct very focused um, it's also very limiting, right? So it's really good to have a balance between the two because the essence is not in the masculine. The essence is in the feminine, but without the masculine, the essence just spills over into yeah. destruction. And without the mat, and in opposite that too, without the 
any feminine energy, it's just an empty river. There's just Mm. nothing flowing through. So it's really good to have that balance between the two. That's the best way that I've kind of been able to describe it. I don't know if you have anything. I love that. That's such a good visual and metaphor. Um, I've actually, yeah, I haven't ever explained it that way. So that's, that's really useful. I think I usually talk more in terms of characteristics or traits associated. Um, And mentioned at the beginning of the masculine kind of being this like rational kind of logic, direct focused. If you think of, like an erect penis actually like it's 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 pointed it's 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 focused it's it's directing um and and often associated with competitiveness and um and structure as you said whereas the feminine is much more about intuition about flow as you're saying um collaboration i think that's where at the global level it's like where we really need to see a huge shift from competition to collaboration i mean there is no other choice um and you know, to say, like, you know, I was reading recently um, about, you know, how over the last 4,000 years, we we did really need the masculine energy to be at the forefront, because at least from a human species level and at the level of consciousness where we were a species, we were, we were, we were exploring new areas, we were conquering, we were, you know, trying to get land and like, you need, you need that masculine impulse to like, go, go and like achieve and, and, and conquer. And now we're at a point where we have completely conquered the entire planet Earth. Um, and, what you know, there is nothing more to conquer in terms of land. Now what we're trying to do is conquer each other through technology, right? Or through money. And, I mean, that's why you see these guys taking cocaine in Wall Street because it's just like, go, go, go. I mean, how fucking unhealthy is that? Like, how is that even possible that we're living in that way? But it's yeah. reality. It's like that's yeah. a movie that's sure. real. New York City. I lived there for two years. It's unbelievable. And and so we need to be stepping into this much more feminine approach of collaboration. Like, how can I empathize with you? How can we work together? That is new leadership that we need. Both men and women need to adopt the feminine traits, feminine approach. Um, yeah. Definitely. And it's so funny that you just say that because conscious leadership for me is so essential. Like I was, I'm on that mind valley right now. And the first day, the first talk, this guy went up on stage and he's super accomplished. He works with Mark Zuckerberg. He does a lot of consulting. He, he, he wrote the book called Scaling Up. He basically helps businesses massively scale, but he went up there and, and he talked a lot about structure and he talked a lot about all the accomplishments and everything that he was doing, but I didn't feel any heart. Mm. I didn't feel any soul. And by the end of the conversation, he even made a comment. He was like, you know, vitamin water sold to whoever, Coca-Cola, whatever, for $4 billion. He's like, if I would have known that, I would have put some vitamins in water and I could have gotten passionate about water. And he kept making these comments that were just like, wow, it was just very money-driven, very mind-driven. And by the end of it, I, I was so triggered by it. I was like, man, like you just keep, you just keep hustling. Are you yeah. even happy? I was standing there looking at him and I was like, this is not the type of leader that I want to follow. At the end of the talk, everyone gives him a standing ovation. And I was just, yeah. I was in awe. I was like, you know what? He is very talented, but I'm wondering what is really hiding under that mask because nowhere in there did he say, this is what I enjoy doing. This is what I love doing. This is, and even when he talked about giving back, he said, you know, I read these two books about how it's really good to donate to charity. So I tried it. 
And I decided to donate more than I ever thought I could donate. I put this number up there and he, at the end he goes, and it worked. I ended up making more money than I ever thought. And I was like, yeah. And he read it in a book and I was like, you know what? Like this is where society is right now. And I see it very much shifting, especially with people like Brene Brown studying vulnerability and stepping into the emotion. And the leaders that I want to look up to are the leaders that have heart. They have compassion. They care about people. They're, they speak from their soul, not people that are out there trying to screw everybody over in their path just to get what they want. I don't trust that person. I don't want to learn from that person. I feel like that's where society has been for a long time. And I think I see it shifting. No, totally. And I think you're right that it's important to, you know, to be to be angry and to be outraged by what's going on, but also to focus on the op- on the, the positives and what is changing and Actually, um, my mom, um, I would probably like what, what you just described in terms of optimal leadership. I, I'm very blessed to say that she's this amazing role model for me and, and I think for many others of, of kind of balancing this masculine and feminine approach. I mean, she used to be the head of the UNFCCC, which is, you know, the Agency for Climate Change. It's a big, um, you know, with the Paris Climate Agreement. And, and often people credit her with being able to, you know, stay super focused and like, you know, really the goal was how are we getting all of these, you know, 190 plus countries to sign to this agreement. And yet her approach with dealing with people was super about empathy and building collaboration and, um, you know, diplomacy, but through, through empathy and an authentic connection. And she usually, it's hard for her to do a speech without crying, right? Um, it's like, she's, she's so passionate about what she does and about saving the world and it just, and it just comes out. And um, what you were saying also about, you know, how you see it changing. There's a podcast she just came out with called Outrage and Optimism, which I think are the two kind of big energies besides feminine and masculine that we're seeing on the streets, you know, with, with the students, um, you know, the Fridays for future out on the streets, people, kids are pissed off about what is happening and what adults have not done and the future that is being handed over for us. And it's damn, you know, justified to be outraged and angry. And yet at some point that outrage needs to be converted into what is, what do we dream? What do we want to create? And that is where I see that there is a huge awakening happening. I mean, you feel it. I feel it. I'm having conversations with people mm-hmm. all over the world, and we're all feeling the same thing. There is a hatch, something happening in the global you know, frequency, and it's just like we're getting the same message, and that for me is what is so amazing and inspiring Definitely. and exciting. <laughs> Definitely. And I, and I, I, both of us see it more and more people are starting to wake up and snap out of the, and, and, and there's this, there's these different levels of consciousness. And, and the, the previous level of consciousness was religion, right? We needed these constructs. We needed this, we needed these rules. We needed to understand it on this simpler mm-hmm. level, but now we are able to feel safe, not having that mm-hmm. structure and allowing different religions to come in. So maybe we combine different religions and eventually it'll be okay. Now we just understand consciousness from a consciousness standpoint. We don't need as much of the structure and we can just understand it. Um, and I definitely see culture heading that way. Even and this is a good example, even stepping into the feminine energy, uh, balancing out the duality and coming back into this homeostasis yeah. is also an example of reaching consciousness. 
right? Like the culture stepping into their emotions and we're going to start seeing depression um, lessen and, and therapists starting to use more even plant medicine in their, in their therapy. I think that just happened in, um, they just got that passed in Boulder. Yeah. And in Colorado and, and just people starting to see these things as helpful instead of harmful, especially when they're in controlled environments. Um, Definitely. Like people starting to see emotions as more something to be talked about versus run away from. Absolutely. And I mean, I think you're seeing that, um, like, for example, I often hold, um, you know, circles, like sacred circles for women and sometimes women and men to like be vulnerable and be able to express our emotions and what's going on. Because in our crazy fast paced society, um, you know, that's, that's not, that's not happening. Um, and as you were saying before, especially men aren't able to, you know, are, are raised to be like, no, we're not supposed to show like how, how can we create spaces for that? And so I think that's so important to be creating like sacred circles. And then also what you're saying about, um, kind of plant medicine and natural plants. I was, so my mother's from Costa Rica and, and I was there, I'm kind of in doing a nomad, um, year so it's been a bit crazy but uh like a plant medicine course and it's just amazing like once you put your focus to really explore like how like amazing just amazing like the plants around us like even garlic even basil even onions like I never thought about the medicinal qualities of garlic or onion and there's so many so many and 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 you know even the more powerful ones that that you find in in the tropics, it's so, I mean, there's the risk side, right? Because there's people who are now taking, for example, ayahuasca um, way too much. I mean, it's not meant to be a pleasure drug, right? It's a sacred healing. I think that's also the lesson that we need to learn is how do we stop, stop commodifying every fucking thing? How can we treat things as sacred? It's like, we've forgotten what sacred is. And, and I think that's also part of the awakening that is happening, which is exciting. You see me already bouncing between outrage and optimism. But, um, <laughs> but, but I didn't know that about like the plant medicine in Boulder, but I definitely have heard more and more of my friends are saying, oh, I really want to learn more about plants and natural medicine. And yeah, I think therapists are looking at alternatives. I think you also see the raising consciousness through just, you know, how like yoga, like meditation it's just like everywhere now in the last 10 years you barely found yoga when I was growing up or or like veganism I mean that's like you can't have a restaurant without a vegan option anymore that's amazing Totally. Yeah, there's like little bits of kind of like hints where this is coming into culture. And I think even in the next like two, I'm I'm predicting in the next year, but in the next two years, for sure, I think we're going to see a huge shift in consciousness on a global level. Like I think yoga and veganism are just like little slight hints of it. But then people that are people even having podcasts that are super popular, like Aubrey Marcus, having podcasts on psychedelics, somebody who's super well recognized, he he has the company on it. Lots of people out and, you know, a lot of founders out in San Francisco have podcasts on this and they're talking about psychedelics, but in a super conscious way, like not just taking this stuff as like a yeah. party 
um, enhancer or whatever. It's like to dive deeper into the mind, into the soul, release the ego and get down to the truth of why we're here, what we're doing, what our purpose is. And that is a conscious way of doing it. And I think when we do it like that, we don't have a reason to take it you know, to overtake it because we take what we need when we're following our intuition and we're listening and we're saying, okay, I think I need another experience where the, yeah. the more we consciously evolve, I think the more we also tap into that. Okay. It's time for this. Okay. Maybe don't need to do this anymore. You totally. Know? No, I fully agree. And I'm just excited to see what comes. <laughs> For sure. Now I have another question for you about um, intuition specifically. So I'm a huge on uh, intuition, following intuition. And in my life, I know I've had tons of experiences where logically nothing made sense. And I just followed my intuition. And it was the best decision. I, I have three different mm. instances in my life where nothing made sense logically. Right. Everybody was saying, you're crazy to do this. I followed my intuition and it was the best. It was one of the best moments of my life that I had ever done. I'm curious about you. Have you ever had one of those moments that was, it made no logical sense, but your intuition was speaking to you and you were like, I have to follow it. I know it's scary. I know it's risky. I know it makes no sense, but I'm feeling called yeah, to do this. Well, um, well, I really want to hear what yours was, but um, I mean, I mean, not to be boring, but like, I really feel like that moment when I was like, am I really going to spend a year just dancing? That just seemed crazy from all, like, I was just, just starting my professional career. I was just like, you know, I just have been offered like a pretty good position um, at a development agency. All my friends were like in, you know, and it was just like, from every rational point of view, it was crazy to go to like Spain, which wasn't even like, you know, the top in terms of dancing but there was just like this connection and I was just like I'm just gonna trust it and go it was kind of just crazy everyone literally was like what are you doing <laughs> and I but you know I just I felt called and, and I trusted in that and um yeah and I mean it wasn't a perfect year and there was challenges of course with everything but I learned so much about myself and about what's important and so yeah I would say that would that was that was definitely um one of those moments for me Totally. And those challenges are what makes it so extraordinary, right? Like it's like the challenge is where we grow. And even if our intuition is calling us to do something, it's not saying, hey, this road is going to be perfect. It's going to say, hey, this is yeah. the road we're leading you on because we feel that you're meant to go in this direction. Life may come at you. It may be really difficult, but this is yeah. still your path. For sure. And I mean, actually, now that you just said that in terms of like path, like maybe another thing that is a bit crazy and, and following my intuition is what I'm kind of choosing to focus my energy into now, um, which has been definitely a journey um, because I'm starting up kind of two projects. I think I mentioned to you in one of our conversations, um, one is about like um, co-living, creating spaces where people, you know, based on the sharing economy where people can come together, um, create more community, more well-being, um, and more aligned with with nature and environmental sustainability so that we started a consultancy called conscious co-living and it's 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 been definitely a journey um but really exciting to see how all of this connects also with in terms of community and the importance of that in in our development and in our consciousness um raising efforts right because as humans we do need to 
live in community and, um, and we're social animals. Um, and then this, the second project, which um, has also, you know, definitely felt like my path is, is um, based on kind of the coaching, what I was sharing before is creating this program around um, it's called the reawakening program. And it's, it's to help people, in a way, kind of go through a similar process that I've gone through and I'm still going through um, in terms of looking at different levels of how can we live more consciously in, in our different ways of in different aspects of our life. So from what like we're consuming to um, how we're um, balancing being and doing to how we're, we're speaking with others, how are we communicating nonviolently? How do we like thinking patterns how do we track our negative thinking patterns and break out of them and then finally you know how can we really live in aligned with our soul purpose which is definitely aligned with my path and and, and my mission and in a way I have you know like my uncles you know I'm right now in, in Berlin and my dad's German and my, my my family's like so what are you doing and I try to explain it and people look at me like I'm crazy but I don't know. I just feel like this is the path that I'm supposed to be on. And so I'm trusting that. And I guess just hoping and trusting. <laughs> totally. No, I totally see that. You know, I'm really into astrology and um, astrologically that the outer planets move slower yeah. than the inner planets. Right. So it takes 29 years for um, Saturn to rotate around the sun um, and, and basically, um, and to go through every single, uh, sign, right. Uh, and, and, um, and our, you and I, I think we're pretty close in age. Our generation was born with, uh, mm. our outer planets in, in, um, our Pluto in Scorpio, which is the planet of oh. transformation and change. And Scorpio is a planet that is extremely passionate, extremely intense, and it's actually ruled by Pluto, uh, or Pluto rules Scorpio. And um, and I think our generation in general, or our, our age group, is really interested in changing people from the inside out. And that's why we're so attracted to coaching. And I think our parents were born with that in Capricorn, which is this energy that's all about business and security and structure and seriousness. And I think generationally as well, we are here to help transform the planet and we're here to help bring those emotions out. And I think our parents are like, what are you talking? They didn't even have coaches, right? Therapy was something people didn't want to do. People didn't even want to talk about anything like that. And so now everyone's starting to become coaches and they're like, what is this? We didn't even, I don't understand this at all. And it's like our generation is so passionate about it. And they're like, I don't get it. And it's just part of what we're here to do. Like we are here to do that. And that's just part of our planet's evolution. Like we're here to help it evolve. And this is the way that our generation Mm, is here to help it evolve. I love that. Yes. Our generation is here to create and help the change that we need. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Yes. I think that's an amazing, um, yeah, I think that's an amazing point to kind of bring this podcast to um, kind of like a point. So we talked about the feminine masculine energy. We talked about the workplace and um, we talked about plant medicine. We talked about some astrology (laughs) at the end there um, and a little bit of your journey. 
Um, if you had to kind of tell our listeners one thing about um, consciousness or the feminine energy that you'd want to leave them with, what do you? What would mm-hmm. that be for you? Well, I think I always like to kind of give a little bit of a practical suggestion. And I think I mentioned briefly about circles. And so my suggestion, highly encouraged with a lot of feminine energy, is is to really try and just start creating circles, sacred circles, or you don't even have to call them sacred, but invite a few people over to your home, light a few candles, um, you know, just prepare a few drinks, uh, some snacks, and just throw in one or two questions of discussion that people can really open up to, that people can really express themselves vulnerably. You know, make sure it feels like a safe space if you want. You know, I sometimes have like a meditation bell or you can do a little guided meditation at the beginning. Make sure people feel safe. Make sure you say this is completely confidential. And just, I think if we can all begin to create more safe spaces and circles, circles are so sacred and so important in our history. And we, you know, how often are we in circles now? Not that often. Um, so that would be kind of my my takeaway is is go start your own circles and uh, and explore what happens. Mm, that's so beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah, circles have been so powerful in my life, and I think that's an awesome piece of advice for anybody out there who is interested in diving deeper into their feminine energy. Thank and go you dance. for sharing that. <laughs> And go dance. Woo-hoo. I'm so like, on board with that. Sorry, I just want well, to say that you. even sometimes I'll just like put on a piece of music that like really gets me going and I'll literally just like dance in my bedroom, like kind of going crazy. And I feel so good afterwards. Um, so like whatever music is like feeling like your body wants to move to, just put it on and dance to it and just see what happens. <laughs> Totally. I do the exact same thing. It is so beautiful. So healing gets you so happy for the day. You're like, all right, this is a really good start to my day. (laughs) I'm definitely on board with that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing in this conversation, sharing all of your knowledge, your experience. I really appreciate having you on this. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed and I look forward to connecting soon. Sounds Bye. good. All right. Talk to you soon. And as I began to bring this kind of intention back with me, and not necessarily through my words in coaching, but I often do this like practice before I do a coaching session where I just kind of sit and kind of allow, kind of like open my crown energy center and let universal energy come through me kind of flow through me and like with this intention of like I just really want to be at service like a channel and like to serve you know this person in front of me um because I guess I have this belief that if people are happy and you know have their basic needs met and are able to thrive that that will um turn to being able to sort support our planet and I guess that's for me like my deepest mission is like how can we reconnect with like nature and protect this beautiful earth planet garden that that we have and that we haven't been appreciating and um so anyway so through this coaching practice I just began to notice especially with women also with some men but um that questions around you know um relationships or being at work 
um, noticing these patterns of his constant doing and achieving and, um, you know, mm-hmm. I have to always yeah. be focused and I have to always be perfect and, you know, no room for emotion and, oh, no, I can't ever cry at work because that would look horrible. And, you know, and it's just like, whoa, 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 what's happening here? Why is this the case? And then beginning to question and asking, you know, like questions that helping clients reflect and then realizing, oh, wait, maybe there's something missing here has has been really, really um yeah, I think nourishing for both my clients and I. And so that's that's kind of been um a part and yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And you totally just said something true that's rings so true. It it feels like there's a cultural um it's almost like people are scared of their own emotion and then also scared to talk about those emotions. Like men absolutely do not show emotion, even if they feel them. Right. And they don't discuss them with anybody. So it's like, there's so many people going out there just depressed. They're not expressing anything. They're holding it all inside. And then women are also doing that too, right? Like they have to compete for jobs. They have to, they want to be equal to men. Therefore that means they have to work harder and do all these things and they and the roles are even switched where women are are are, are really starting to embody more of the masculine characteristics and I'll, and we should always feel balanced right within each of us like we should have a a very strong sense of the feminine and masculine but the feminine energy i feel has been so repressed throughout culture that everybody is developing this masculine and then because you know, when you get in a relationship, you kind of want to balance the other person out. Some of the men end up taking that feminine role. And then there's just confusion about who's doing what and, 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 and women, women actually feel the most natural when they are in their feminine energy and men when they are in their masculine, but culture has kind of shaped it in a way where people don't even feel safe being in the feminine energy. There's not a safe space for it. So it's actually creating this huge cultural, um, this deficiency almost of that emotion. And, and, and like, also when you say masculinity, like, I feel like there's like, you know, what you could say is like the divine or like, I don't know, yeah, masculinity or like a toxic masculinity. And I think people are confused, you know, it's like almost, I have to be such a strong man or like, um, I mean, actually, I think because I, I just went to an event recently and I was trying to talk about this topic, I think it would be helpful for listeners to maybe break down what you and I mean when we're talking about masculine and feminine energy or spirit. Um, You want to take a quick stab at that and then I can as well. For sure. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. It's a really good idea to really understand the two energies within us. And for me, and, and I think for a lot of people, the feminine energy is point A is at the beginning, point B is at the end. And the way that you get that to get to point B mm-hmm. is very flowy, very intuitive, very emotional. And then along the way, maybe you meet people, you pick up all these things and your point B is just infinite. So it's this infinite energy. It's very open. It's receptive. Almost thinking of it like, mm-hmm. like water flowing through a river bank, like the feminine essence is that water it's like the essence of what it is and then the masculine energy is that bank holding that that um 
that water and channeling it in a certain direction. And without that channel, the water would just spill everywhere. It would almost be like an explosion, which can be very destructive. And that masculine energy is kind of like the bank, giving it structure, keeping it limited, keeping it channeled and focused. And the masculine energy is very efficient, very direct, very focused. Uh, It's also very limiting, right? So it's really good to have a balance between the two because the essence is not in the masculine. The essence is in the feminine, but without the masculine, the essence just spills over into destruction. And without the mat and in opposite that too, without the any feminine energy, it's just an empty river. There's just Mm. nothing flowing through. So it's really good to have that balance between the two. That's the best way that I've kind of been able to describe it. I don't know if you have any. I love that. That's such a good visual and metaphor. Um, I've actually, yeah, I haven't ever explained it that way. So that's that's really useful. I think I usually talk more in terms of characteristics or traits associated. and I mentioned a bit at the beginning yeah. of the masculine kind of being this like rational kind of logic, direct focused. If you think of like an erect penis, actually, like it's 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 pointed, it's 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 focused, it's it's directing, um, and and often associated with competitiveness and um, and structure, as you said. Whereas the feminine is much more about intuition, about flow, as you're saying. Um, collaboration I think that's where at the global level it's like where we really need to see a huge shift from competition to collaboration I mean there is no other choice Um, and you know to say like you know I was reading recently um, about you know how over the last 4,000 years we we did really need the masculine energy to be at the forefront because at least from a human species level and at the level of consciousness where we were a species, we were, we were, we were exploring new areas. We were conquering, we were, you know, trying to get land and like, you need, you need that masculine impulse to like, go, go and like achieve and, and, and conquer. And now we're at a point where we have completely conquered the entire planet earth. Um, and what, you know, there is nothing more to conquer in terms of land. Now what we're trying to do is conquer each other through technology, Right or through money. And I mean, that's why you see these guys taking cocaine in Wall Street, because it's just like, go, go, go. I mean, how fucking unhealthy is that? Like, how is that even possible that we're living in that way? But it's reality. It's like, that's a movie that's real. New York City. I lived there for two years. It's unbelievable. And, And so we need to be stepping into this much more feminine approach of collaboration of like how can I empathize with you how can we work together that is new leadership that we need both men and women need to adopt the feminine traits feminine approach um yeah definitely and it's so funny that you just say that because conscious leadership for me is so essential like I was I'm on that mind valley right now and the first day the first talk this guy went up on stage and he's super accomplished he works with Mark Zuckerberg he does a lot of consulting he he, he wrote the book called scaling up he basically helps businesses massively scale but he went up there and and he talked a lot about structure and he talked a lot about all the accomplishments and everything that he was doing, but I didn't feel any heart. Mm. I didn't feel any soul. And by the end of the conversation, 
he even made a comment. He was like, you know, vitamin water sold to whoever, Coca-Cola, whatever, for $4 billion. He's like, if I would have known that, I would have put some vitamins in water and I could have gotten passionate about water. Yeah. And he kept making these comments that were just like, wow, it was just very money-driven, mm. very mind-driven. And and by the end of it, I, I was so triggered by it. I was like, man, like you just keep, you just keep hustling. Are you yeah. even happy? I was standing there looking at him and I was like, this is not the type of leader that I want to follow. At the end of the talk, everyone gives him a standing ovation. And I was just, I was in awe. I was like, you know what? He is very talented, but I'm wondering what is really hiding under that mask because nowhere in there did he say, this is what I enjoy doing. This is what I love doing. This is, and even when he talked about giving back, he said, you know, I read these two books about how it's really good to donate to charity. So I tried it. And I decided to donate more than I ever thought I could donate. I put this number up there and he, at the end he goes, and it worked. I ended up making more money than I ever thought. And I was like, yeah. And he read it in a book and I was like, you know what? Like this is where society is right now. And I see it very much shifting, especially with people like Brene Brown studying vulnerability and stepping into the emotion. And the leaders that I want to look up to are the leaders that have heart, they have compassion, they care about people, they're, they speak from their soul, not people that are out there trying to screw everybody over in their path just to get what they want. I don't trust that person. I don't want to learn from that person. I feel like that's where society has been for a long time, and I think I see it shifting. No, totally, and I think you're right that it's important to you know, to be, to be angry and to be outraged by what's going on, but also to focus on the, on the the positives and what is changing. And actually, um, my mom, um, I would probably like what what you just described in terms of optimal leadership. I I'm very blessed to say that she's this amazing role model for me. And and I think for many others of, of kind of balancing this masculine and feminine approach. I mean, she used to be the head of the UNFCCC, which is, you know, the agency for climate change, a big, um, you know, with the Paris Climate Agreement, and and often people credit her with being able to, you know, stay super focused, and like, you know, really the goal was how are we getting all of these, you know, 190 plus countries to sign to this agreement, and yet her approach with dealing with people was super about empathy and building collaboration and, um, you know, diplomacy, but through through empathy and an authentic connection. And she usually, it's hard for her to do a speech without crying, right? Um, it's like, she's, she's so passionate about what she does and about saving the world and it just, and it just comes out. And um, what you were saying also about, you know, how you see it changing. There's a, a podcast she just came out with called Outrage and Optimism, which I think are the two kind of big energies besides feminine and masculine that we're seeing on the streets, you know, with, with the students, um, you know, the Fridays for future out on the streets, people, kids are pissed off about what is happening and what adults have not done and the future that is being handed over for us. And it's damn, you know, justified to be outraged and angry. And yet at some point that outrage needs to be converted into what is, what do we dream? What do we want to create? And that is where I see that there is a huge awakening happening. I mean, you feel it. I feel it. I'm having conversations with people mm-hmm. all over the world, and we're all feeling the same thing. There is a hatch, something happening in the global you know, frequency, and it's just like we're getting the same message, and that for me is what is so amazing and inspiring Definitely. and exciting. <laughs>
Definitely. And I, and I, I, both of us see it more and more people are starting to wake up and snap out of the, and, and, and there's this, there's these different levels of consciousness and, and the, the previous level of consciousness was religion, right? We needed these constructs. We needed this, we needed these rules. We needed to understand it on this simpler mm. level, but now we are able to feel safe, not having that mm. structure and allowing different religions to come in. So maybe we combine different religions. And eventually it'll be, okay, now we just understand consciousness from a consciousness standpoint. We don't need as much of the structure and we can just understand it. Um, and I definitely see culture heading that way. Even, and this is a good example, even stepping into the feminine energy, uh, balancing out the duality and coming back into this homeostasis yeah. is also an example of reaching consciousness right? Like the culture stepping into their emotions and we're going to start seeing depression um, lessen and, and therapists starting to use more even plant medicine in their, in their therapy. I think that just happened in, um, they just got that passed in Boulder and yeah. And in Colorado and, and just people starting to see these things as helpful instead of harmful, especially when they're in controlled environments. Um, Definitely. Like people starting to see emotions as more something to be talked about versus run away from. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah. I think you're seeing that, um, like, for example, I often hold, um, you know, circles, like sacred circles for women and sometimes women and men to like be vulnerable and be able to express our emotions and what's going on. Because in our crazy fast paced society, um, you know, that's, that's not, that's not happening. Um, and as you were saying before, especially men aren't able to, you know, are, are raised to be like, no, we're not supposed to show like how, how can we create spaces for that? And so I think that's so important to be creating like sacred circles. And then also what you're saying about, um, kind of plant medicine and natural plants. I was, so my mother's from Costa Rica and, and I was there, I'm kind of in doing a nomad, um, year so it's been a bit crazy but uh like a plant medicine course and it's just amazing like once you put your focus to really explore like how like amazing just amazing like the plants around us like even garlic even basil even onions like I never thought about the medicinal qualities of garlic or onion and there's so many so many and 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 you know even the more powerful ones that that you find in in the tropics, it's so, I mean, there's the risk side, right? Because there's people who are now taking, for example, ayahuasca um, way too much. I mean, it's not meant to be a pleasure drug, right? It's a sacred healing. I think that's also the lesson that we need to learn is how do we stop, stop commodifying every fucking thing? How can we treat things as sacred? It's like, we've forgotten what sacred is. And, and I think that's also part of the awakening that is happening, which is exciting. You see me already bouncing between outrage and optimism. But, um, <laughs> but, but I didn't know that about like the plant medicine in Boulder, but I definitely have more and more of my friends are saying, oh, I really want to learn more about plants and natural medicine. And yeah, I think therapists are looking at alternatives. I think you also see the raising consciousness through just, you know, how like yoga, like meditation it's just like everywhere now in the last 10 years you barely found yoga when I was growing up or or like veganism I mean that's like you can't have a restaurant without a vegan option anymore that's amazing Mm -hmm. 
Totally. Yeah. There's like little bits of kind of like hints where this is coming into culture. And I think even in the next like two, I'm, I'm predicting in the next year, but in the next two years, for sure, I think we're going to see a huge shift in consciousness on a global level. Like I think yoga and veganism are just like little slight hints of it. But then people that are people even having podcasts that are super popular, like Aubrey Marcus, having podcasts on psychedelics, somebody who's super well recognized, he, he has the company on it. Lots of people out and, you know, a lot of founders out in San Francisco have podcasts on this. And they're talking about psychedelics, but in a super conscious way, like not just taking this stuff as like a party um, enhancer or whatever. It's like to dive deeper into the mind, into the soul, release the ego and get down to the truth of why we're here, what we're doing, what our purpose is. And that is a conscious way of doing it. And I think when we do it like that, we don't have a reason to take it you know, to overtake it because we take what we need when we're following our intuition and we're listening and we're saying, okay, I think I need another experience where the the more we consciously evolve, I think the more we also tap into that. Okay. It's time for this. Okay. Maybe don't need to do this anymore. Totally. No, I fully agree. And I'm just excited to see what comes. For sure. Now I have another question for you about um, intuition specifically. So I'm huge on uh, intuition, following intuition. And in my life, I know I've had tons of experiences where logically nothing made sense. And I just followed my intuition. And it was the best decision. I I have three different Mm -hmm. instances in my life where nothing made sense logically. Right. Everybody was saying, you're crazy to do this. I followed my intuition and it was the best. It was one of the best moments in my life that I had ever done. I'm curious about you. Have you ever had one of those moments that was, it made no logical sense, but your intuition was speaking to you and you were like, I have to follow it. I know it's scary. I know it's risky. I know it makes no sense, but I'm feeling called yeah, to do this. Well, um, well, I really want to hear what yours is. But, um, I mean... I mean, not to be boring, but like, I really feel like that moment when I was like, am I really going to spend a year just dancing? That just seemed crazy from all like, I was just, just starting my professional career. I was just like, you know, I just have been offered like a pretty good position um, at a development agency. All my friends were like in, you know, and it was just like, from every rational point of view, it was crazy to go to like Spain, which wasn't even like, you know, the top in terms of dancing but there was just like this connection I was just like I'm just gonna trust it and go it was kind of just crazy everyone literally was like what are you doing and I but you know I just I felt called and and I trusted in that and um yeah and I mean it wasn't a perfect year and there was challenges of course with everything but I learned so much about myself and about what's important and so yeah I would say that would that was that was definitely um one of those moments for me Totally. And those challenges are what makes it so extraordinary, right? Like it's like the challenge is where we grow. And even if our intuition is calling us to do something, it's not saying, hey, this road is going to be perfect. It's going to say, hey, this is the road we're leading you on because we feel that you're meant to go in this direction. Life may come at you. It may be really difficult, but this is still your path. For sure. And I mean, actually, now that you just said that in terms of like path, like maybe another thing that is a bit crazy and, and following my intuition is what I'm kind of choosing to focus my energy into now, um, which has been definitely a journey um, because I'm starting up kind of 
two projects I think I mentioned to you in one of our conversations um one is about like um co-living creating spaces where people you know based on the sharing economy where people can come together um create more community more well-being um and more aligned with with nature and environmental sustainability so that we started a consultancy called conscious co-living and it's 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 been definitely a journey um but really exciting to see how all of this connects also with in terms of community and the importance of that in in our development and in our consciousness um raising efforts right because as humans we do need to live in community and um and we're social animals um and then this the second project which um has also you know definitely felt like my path is is um based on kind of the coaching what I was sharing before is creating this program around um it's called the Reaw- reawakening program and it's it's to help people in a way kind of go through a similar process that I've gone through and I'm still going through um in terms of looking at different levels of how can we live more consciously in in our different ways of in different aspects of our life so from what like we're consuming to um how we're um balancing being and doing to how we're we're speaking with others how are we communicating non-violently how do we like thinking patterns how do we track our negative thinking patterns and break out of them and then finally you know how can we really live in aligned with our soul purpose which is definitely aligned with my path and, and and my mission and in a way I have you know like my uncles you know I'm right now in, in Berlin my dad's German and my, my my family's like so what are you doing and I try to explain it and people look at me like I'm crazy but I don't know I just feel like this is the path that I'm supposed to be on and so I'm trusting that and I guess just hoping and trusting <laughs> Totally. No, I totally see that. You know, I'm really into astrology and um, astrologically that the outer planets move slower yeah. than the inner planets, right? So it takes 29 years for um, Saturn to rotate around the sun um, and, and basically um, and to go through every single uh, sign, right? Uh, and, and, um, and our, you and I, I think we're pretty close in age. Our generation was born with uh, mm. our outer planets in in um, our Pluto in Scorpio, which is the planet of transformation oh. and change. And Scorpio is a planet that is extremely passionate, extremely intense, and it's actually ruled by Pluto. Uh, our Pluto rules Scorpio, and. Um, and I think our generation in general, or our, our age group, is really interested in changing people from the inside out. And that's why we're so attracted to coaching. And I think our parents were born with that in Capricorn, which is this energy that's all about business and security and structure and seriousness. And I think generationally as well, we are here to help transform the planet and we're here to help bring those emotions out. And I think our parents are like, what are you talking? They didn't even have coaches, right? Therapy was something people didn't want to do. People didn't even want to talk about anything like that. And so now everyone's starting to become coaches and they're like, what is this? We didn't even, I don't understand this at all. And it's like our generation is so passionate about it. And they're like, I don't get it. 
and it's just part of what we're here to do. Like we are here to do that. And that's just part of our planet's evolution. Like we're here to help it evolve. And this is the way that our generation mm, is here to help it evolve. I love that. Yes. Our generation is here to create and help the change that we need. Yes. Mm, <laughs> I love it. So yes. I think that's an amazing um, yeah, I think that's an amazing point to kind of bring this podcast to um, yeah. kind of like a point. So we talked about the feminine masculine energy, we talked about the workplace, and um, we talked about plant medicine, we talked about some astrology <laughs> at the end there, um, and a little bit of your journey. Um, if you had to kind of tell our listeners one thing about um, consciousness or the feminine energy that you'd want to leave them with? What do you? What would mm-hmm. that be for you? Well, I think I always like to kind of give a little bit of a practical suggestion. And I think I mentioned briefly about circles. And so my suggestion, highly encouraged with a lot of feminine energy, is is to really try and just start creating circles, sacred circles, or you don't even have to call them sacred, but invite a few people over to your home, light a few candles, um, you know, just prepare a few drinks, uh, some snacks, and just throw in one or two questions of discussion that people can really open up to, that people can really express themselves vulnerably. You know, make sure it feels like a safe space if you want. You know, I sometimes have like a meditation bell, or you can do a little guided meditation at the beginning. Make sure people feel safe. Make sure you say this is completely confidential. And just, I think if we can all begin to create more safe spaces and circles circles are so sacred and so important in our history and we you know how often are we in circles now not that often um so that would be kind of my my takeaway is is go start your own circles and uh and explore what happens Mm, that's so beautiful that's amazing yeah circles have been so powerful in my life and I think that's an awesome piece of advice for anybody out there who's interested in diving deeper into their feminine energy thank you for sharing that (laughs) and go dance I'm so on board with that sorry I just want to say that even sometimes I'll just like put on a piece of music that like really gets me going and I'll literally just like dance in my bedroom like kind of going crazy and I feel so good afterwards um so like whatever music is like feeling like your body wants to move to just put it on and dance to it and just see what happens (laughs) totally I do the exact same thing it is so beautiful so healing gets you so happy for the day you're like all right this is a really good start to my day (laughs) I'm definitely on board with that Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing in this conversation, sharing all of your knowledge, your experience. I really appreciate having you on this. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed and I look forward to connecting soon. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you soon.